1: The Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Welcome back to The Small Business Show here on irishexaminer.com. Now, hosting an event can be a good way to get customers or to launch your product, but how do you host the right one and what should you consider when doing so? Well, on the with me now is Marino Fesk from EventBright Ireland, the ticket facilitator for such events. Marina, thank you very much for joining us on The Small Business Show.
0: Good to be here, Keelan.
1: Now, first of all, uh, there at Eventbrite, you obviously uh, host ticket sales for events and festivals that people might be having. Uh, First of all, from a business point of view, if somebody wants to uh, create an event or start an event, what can an event bring to a business and I suppose their profile as a business as well?
0: Yeah so it's 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 an interesting area so uh, essentially i think that you know so much of marketing today for uh, for businesses focuses around online marketing social media those sorts of areas which of course are are really important but one thing i think it's important to remember is there is a quality of engagement that's hard to get through online channels and that's where in person meetings in person events play the play an important role. Uh, you can have a much deeper interaction with much deeper involvement with your customers at those kind of events. I think the other thing i 'd say there is that you know budgets are often constrained at the moment mm-hmm. on the on the marketing side of things and uh, for events it 's an area where uh, budget goes much further you can get you can get much more for your money so I think for small businesses in particular where marketing budgets might be uh, a little bit less they're a really good way to get a very very strong customer engagement with your key audience
1: hmm. and that raises the other question there as well you, you kind of touched on it there uh, to charge or to not to charge for for an event how does one figure out whether or not to tell people that they have to pay for a ticket because i know a lot of business events they can either be free or you pay maybe a nominal sum like 10 or 15 euros to, to attend events so how does an organizer or something like that decide whether or not to charge or to not charge for an event
0: yeah, so like, like like many things in life, there's no right answer. Um, I think I would say that uh, really what it comes down to is the goals you're trying to achieve. So if you're looking for uh, to raise your awareness as a business and to really get out to as wide an audience as possible, having a free event, you know, that can send the right message in terms of your brand, and it can also be a good way to get the, the maximum number of people through the door. Mm. Uh, on the flip side, if you want to be more selective with who you reach out to, then it can often be no bad thing to to charge a little bit of money for uh, for attendance. One thing I've seen work uh, very well. Is uh, Because one of the challenges can be if your event is free, it can be very, very difficult to get a sense of who's actually going to show up on the mm. day. and Thereby understand, well, how big a venue do I need? What do I need in terms of the food and the, and the drink and those sorts of things? And, of course, you get a lot of cancellations and dropouts. So a very effective way that I've seen to avoid that is to have a nominal charge for your event, let's say €5. Euros, just to get people to commit a little bit more and, and you know, to add a little bit more value to their, mm. their perception of it. And then what you can do, of course, is you can say, well, it's a five euro charge, but in return, we will give you a a book or, you know, a couple of drinks or a lunch or, or something in return to that value. Really, just as a way to drive that commitment from attendees to actually show up on the day.
1: Is it along the lines of that kind of psychology is that if you pay for something, you're more likely to use it rather than if something comes for free, you just kind of, you, you can just put it off. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a big piece of it. So as I say, I think free events can play the role if you're just trying to reach a, reach a very broad audience. But as you very rightly say, the risk is then that they can perce- be perceived as less quality or less value, even if that's not actually true. There is that sense of you get what you pay for, I think, sometimes.
1: Mm. You mentioned there as well, getting the right people to the event as well. And so so often nowadays, particularly in the past number of years, networking and being able to talk to the right people in the right places has become very, very important. The Dublin Web Summit, of course, has become synonymous with being able to mix and match the top end people in the tech industry as well. So how important is it that you get that message that you want to get out there to the right people as well? And I suppose, how do you get that message to the right people too?
0: Yeah, so, so I think having a very clear vision of uh, not only what the event should be, but what are the business goals you're trying to achieve behind that event. And I think for you know for every kind of, uh, of marketing or business development activity, tying it back to goals and metrics is always absolutely key. So who are the people you want to have at this event? How many do you want to have there? What would you consider a success to be in terms of number of people there, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And then with that, having a very clear idea of who that target audience is, and then tailoring an event and content for that event to as closely as possible meet that target audience, and you know that and that can perhaps sound a little bit a little bit obvious, but I think often we we forget that and we try, we say to ourselves, well, we want to have an event that is everything for everybody, um, and then the end result is it actually doesn't hit any of those any of those goals uh, as it should. With that said, one of the other things that we see at Eventbrite as uh, as a very powerful way to To drive attendance for events is through social media. Mm. So when people discover events through social media, when they hear about it from their friends through LinkedIn, through business contacts, etc., they are then much more likely to tell their own network about it. Mm. And that, for a business, can become a very, very powerful way—not only for referrals but for event attendance to be increased. So you, you put the word out there, you put the event out there, you put some marketing behind it. Um, if there's a focus on social media, as there should be, behind that marketing, then that can give you a a, a very powerful snowball effect
1: are we seeing perhaps a change in how people host events and the, uh, the style that that events are being used because particularly a lot of the big events and i know i use the dublin web summit but other events in particular they've become very kind of uh, shall we say smart casual events they don't want people in suits and ties and stuff they want people to be relaxed they want people to come in enjoy themselves let their hair down a little bit which allows them to kind of open up a little bit more about their business and and who they are as well
0: yeah I think things are definitely a little more casual uh, than they have been. I think there's also a recognition that our you know our time is one of our scarcest resources, and how we choose to spend that time, hmm. I would argue is even more important than how we choose to spend our money, if you like. So I think what you then see relating to that in 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 the world of events is that there is more and more need and more and more impetus to give people a very filled valuable itinerary where there's uh, a lot of content crammed in there and people can go away feeling like they've spent a very productive day and they've learned a whole lot and achieved a whole lot from that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one element. Secondly, of course, the networking side of things is, uh, is always very important. And I think that balance of how much networking versus how much content you put in place that that sort of tends to to move a little bit like a pendulum but for me it feels like at the moment it's more about the the content you know while keeping that element of networking in place there uh, as well and then the last the point i'd have on that is that with regards to that networking uh, and particularly the social media side of things there's also a change in how event organizers are using social media pre-event during the event itself and then post-event as well. So pre-event, getting excitement up for the event, uh, getting content out there, getting people uh, interested in attending and sharing the event. During the event, you see things like TweetWall to other tools like that that help bring that conversation alive and really engage attendees while they're actually at the event itself. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the event is just one moment in time. So keeping that dialogue going by sharing content, by sharing networks, etc., afterwards through through SlideShare, uh, through Twitter, through other tools like that is also really important. So there's that almost that three-phased approach to an event, what you're going to have at the event itself on the day, the lead up to it, and then the follow-on. And all three of those are important
1: and of course creating uh, hashtags and the like for your event as well has also become extremely exactly. important as well so that people exactly. can having, uh,
0: have, having a clear hashtag having that be a single hashtag rather than multiple promoting that widely encouraging people to uh, to use it uh something i mentioned tweet wall but that's actually a really powerful way to get people to to tweet during the event itself and to to use the hashtag and to get the uh, to get the word out there
1: and does one notice the difference between an event, we'll say, organized by, we'll say, uh, just a business or, or somebody looking to to create an event, and a, an event created and hosted by an event manager. Do we notice a difference at all in between in how those events have been organized, or or has technology changed the way people look at an event and and how they deal with it?
0: I I think in the past I would say you would see a difference. Because an event organized by an event manager would have a certain element of professionalism to it that, that might not always be there for someone who's organizing an event when it's not their day job. Mm. I think what I'd say there is that with the advent of, uh, of Eventbrite uh, and technology to really help event organizers put on extremely professional events, I think you see that, that, that line blurring and it's much less clear. And one of the the key uh, business problems, if you like, that Eventbrite was founded to solve was exactly what you've mentioned, Keelan, that, that situation of someone who's maybe a marketer in a small business wants to put on events, um, it's not their full-time job. And in the the past they would have done that through you know, a spreadsheet and sending out emails and doing these things very manually and that would be reflected, I think, in the, in the often in the quality of the event, or the perception of the quality of that event for the for the audience. But with tools like Eventbrite, it makes it much, much simpler in a few minutes to create a very slick event page, uh, put that live on the internet, uh, start marketing it, start promoting it, collect payments, and uh, and, and also understand where your audience is coming from, who they are, how your promotional activities are, engaging with that audience and generating attendees for the event. So I think you do see that technology helping people over that hurdle of I'm not a professional event organizer. How can I make an event that will achieve its business objectives while also being very slick very professional and and very enjoyable for the attendees
1: Hmm. now you talked about the things that have been used to organize events in terms of technology and stuff like that in terms of the future of events and hosting events are there things perhaps slipping under the radar at the moment that could be quite interesting for people to utilize in their events is there something that perhaps we're not noticing at the moment that could be a good a good trend to, to be part of coming up into the future
0: yeah, you know, I, th- I think there's there's a huge amount of tools that are sort of popping up uh, every day. There's all sorts of tools around to help people manage you know, schedules at events, printing off uh, badges, itineraries, uh, lots of things like that. So a lot of great tools out there. I think for me it feels like the biggest area that we're going to see increasingly, increasingly important is mobile. So mobile for event booking and event registration beforehand, mobile during the event itself in terms of how people engage with the speakers, with the audience, the social media side of things and then mobile afterwards for sharing and and re-engaging with the brand. So for me, it feels like mobile is something that is definitely important today but I see that only increasing in the future.
1: And finally, um, in terms of video, we know video is uh, very important now. It's become one of the the, the biggest things to to sell your products with in Ireland and indeed the, the world as well. Live streaming and live streaming an event as well. Is there pros and cons to, to doing something like that as well?
0: Yeah, so it's, the, you know, the pros are you've got the immediacy of that hmm. and people can engage with that in real time and it's, you know, it's sort of like watching a, a football match. You don't want to record it and watch it afterwards. You want to watch it live. So I think it's that aspect of participating in the moment of the event at the same time with the attendees. That's very engaging for people. Similarly, with a live stream, you can also introduce uh, the opportunity to ask questions which again, someone who's watching it remotely isn't going to have if they record it and watch it afterwards. So again, you make that a two-way a two-way dialogue. The downside, of course, is that you've got to get the technology absolutely right mm. uh, for a live stream. It's got to work smoothly and and, and when it's supposed to work. And uh, it does introduce the you know the risk of uh, of technical hurdles as well. But personally, I feel like the the benefit of the the immediacy of that outweighs any any extra complexity on the uh, on the on the downside.
1: Mm, so basically, if you're going to do it, uh, make sure that you do it right, I think is uh, probably the what you're like, trying to say. In like Marino. many things in life. I think <laughs> like, like many things in life, indeed. That's uh, right. Marino Fresque, a country manager for here in Ireland for Eventbrite. Thank you very much for joining us on the Small Business Show. Thank you, Keelan. Now, in our final part of the show, it's our company focus coming from Limerick this week.
0: In-